Hey, what's up, fam? My name is Will Chung. My wife and I, we are a part of the leadership team with The Meeting Place. This is my boy right here. What's up, guys? Oh. What's up, guys? My name is Sammy Rodriguez. You saw my wife Chandler over here. This is Chandler. If you're with the Circuit Rider squad, can you wave at us? Can you wave at us? Make some noise. We have about 300 plus Circuit Riders on the road right now, and we are pumped to be here. If you're with the meeting place, make some noise. Okay, okay. It's kind of weak. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get it, we'll get it. Hey, if we'll you're get from it. the meeting place, make some noise. They, they need me to say it. Yeah, yeah, saying, yeah, 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 yeah. I get it, I get it, I get it. Yo, the vision behind this was two years ago, I went to a Project 21 because my boy Nettles texted me. My baby was three days old, and I said, I can't go. And Jay said, yo, Chan tore his shirt. You need to come. I was like, what you mean, Tan, Chan tore his shirt? He said, Francis Chan was so convicted, he tore his shirt in the middle of his sermon. So you need to come. Facts. It happened. It really, it really happened. did. And it wasn't like the top. It was like in the center. It's like, whoa, okay, yes. strong man. Okay. So I went to my wife and said, Chan tore his shirt. Can I go? And she said, like a good wife, you're released, right? So I went there, and uh, I thought Chan was going to be speaking, but Bickle was speaking about the house of prayer. And I got marked there. I got marked. I'm talking about, can't explain it other than the inner audible voice that God said, start a house of prayer and raise it up now. Back home, I told my wife, and then we chopped it up in Colorado. And I said, yo, Sammy, I feel like God wants to do something regional. I feel like it's supposed to be cross-denominational, cross-races, cross-X, Y, and Z, and let's come together. And we were in Colorado, and we were dreaming and praying for the first regional worship night. And we didn't really didn't do much. We just recorded a quick video, and this is how this all came about. And I'm going to give it to Will, because he's going to preach first, and then I'm going to preach second. I'm Latino, so it'll be a few hours. No, I'm just kidding. Um... But, <laughs> um, man, I just feel like, you know, there are, there are moments in life, right, when you look back and you're like, I'm so glad I was in the room. I'm going to say it again. There are moments in life you look back and you be like, I'm so glad I was in the room. And not out of pride or arrogance, but in faith, I feel like we're going to look back on tonight and be like, man, God, you did something. And so here's what I'm asking from you, all of you guys, circuit riders, the rock, random person that walked in, thank you, uh, but could you lean forward physically, just right now, physically lean forward, okay? Physically lean forward. And that's what I want your heart and your spirit to be like. I really feel like this. Stay leaning forward. It's okay. We'll lean back in a second. I, I really feel this, is I feel like, you know, in worship we broke through, but there's something in the preaching of the word, right? When the gospel is preached that things break open. You just heard your boy right here call every single Asian American an Asian Asian owl, right? And 1.5 Asian, like my boy Jack Tong, born in Korea, moved over, right? Anyways, every single person saying it's time to lift off the silence, amen? And so we just feel like tonight God's gonna do something together in family. So I'm gonna pray for Will and he's gonna take us in. And why don't you lay your hands on to your people to your left and right? Lord, we thank you so much. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you're gonna do, God. And we just say, Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, we say, we move out of the way and we let you come. We thank you that you've already been here. You are here, but we say, come in an increase in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. All right. It's already 8.33. We're doing a tag team. I've never done this before. So I'm going to preach like 
I'm gonna try to do it real quick, and then Sammy's gonna come and he's gonna hit it out the park for us, all right? Um, let me just mention this real quick as we're doing this together. If you wanna do something small, do it alone. If you wanna do something big, you gotta do it together. If you wanna change your family and just your community and your people, you can do it with your own strength. But if you wanna change a region, you want to change a state or a nation or a generation, you got to come together. And the reason why I say this is there's too much at stake for us to be running alone. You know the movie Endgame at this gathering? We've been talking about this movie the last three months. All my prophetic people are like, Endgame is from the Lord. <laughs> it's a message straight from heaven, right? You see, when there's too much at stake and the world is falling apart, all of these different leaders from different regions come together and say, let's cast our crowns on the ground and put the crown of Christ above every other crown. And that's the reason why we are calling forth the region to come together because the hour is too dark for your light to shine by itself. We need to come together and shine the light of Jesus and let God break through across a region and a nation and a generation because he is doing something in this hour he's never done before. I'm going to declare this right now. There is a new wineskin being raised up for the new blessings of God. The Bible says God does now pour out old wine and old wineskin, which means he's holding back the blessings of today until there's a vessel that's ready to contain it. He wants to pour. He wants to bless, but he's waiting for David to age. Oh, come on, somebody. He wants to pour. He wants to deliver, but he's waiting for Moses' destiny to arise because wineskin is always the people of God. Wineskin is not no philosophy, is not no praxology, is not no strategy, it's God's people. See, men look for methods, but God looks for men. Oh, come on, somebody. Men look for money, but God looks for men. And I'm telling you right now, there is something happening in this hour where God is raising up a new generation of people that will come together and say, yes, Lord, we want more of you at whatever stake and cost it has if we could have Jesus Christ exalted above everything else. That's why we're gathering here asking for Christ to be magnified. And Christ, I mean what I'm saying, fam. I'm not just saying this because it's cool and Instagram worthy. Because Jesus is worthy of honor and glory. As I was praying for this gathering and just seeking the Lord, I just could not help but feel like God wanted me to preach out of Exodus. One of my favorite books. I'm telling you, I'm going to try to make this short. Exodus is one of my favorite books because I see the attributes of God. I see the development of Moses. I see the arrogance and stubbornness and stupidity of Israel. That reminds me of me every day, come on. And I also see the leadership development of a timid man become one of the most bold and courageous leaders ever to be seen. But if you know anything about Exodus, it's really about one main idea, is God delivering Israel. That's all it's really about, one thing. If Endgame is about Captain America putting on his shield, remember when his shield started breaking? My wife said, his shield could break? I said, yes, it can. 
It was that one epic scene that everything built up to, and Exodus is about God delivering his people. And if you know it, Exodus 3, God comes to Moses. And he tells Moses, Moses, I have raised you up for an hour such as this. And he says, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering, so I have come down. You know what that means? That means God is so high and so beyond us. He has to humble himself to be with us. Come on, somebody. It's not that he's everywhere. It's just that he's so glorious. I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. That's called California. Come on, somebody. Come on, baby. Some people flew in for this. You know that? I was like, just move to the promised land. The sun is faithful here. It's faithful in December and January. So when you read this, it seems like God is delivering Israel because he saw their cries. It seems like God came down from his throne because the distress went up to heaven. Though that's true, there's actually a greater reason, a deeper reason why God wanted to deliver Israel. As much as God cares about their oppression, as much as God cares about this intense slavery for 400 years, Hear me when I say this, there's something he cares more about. It's the worship of his name. You think this is about Israel. You think it's about the nation's voice. Though those are true, in reality, it's actually about the worship of the name of Yahweh. I have a lot of verses for you, so just follow me. Six times. God repeats the same thing to Pharaoh. Exodus 7, 16. Announce to Pharaoh, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has sent me to tell you, let my people go. And here's the reason. Here's the reason. So that they may worship me in the wilderness. Chapter 8, verse 1. And the Lord said to Moses, go back to Pharaoh. You know why I said go back to Pharaoh? Because Pharaoh said No. I'm using them for my economy. I'm using them for my profit. And Pharaoh says, no. And I said, all right, let's go back again. Go back to Pharaoh, announce to him, this is what the Lord says, let my people go. And here's again, so that they may worship me. I'm going to keep going. Exodus 8.20, and the Lord said to Moses, get up early in the morning. Man, sometimes you got to keep going till the breakthrough comes. You know why I go up to altar calls multiple times? Because I'm waiting until the breakthrough actually works. Get up early in the morning and stand in Pharaoh's way as he goes down the river. Say to him, this is what the Lord says. Let my people go. This is where Dr. Martin Luther King said, I have a dream. I have a dream. I have a dream. I have a dream. Because he was inspired by the scriptures for freedom of all people. Let my people go. But what did he say? So that they may. Everyone say it. Worship me. Here we go. Chapter 9. I'm, I'm making this redundant to get my point across. 
Go back to Pharaoh and the Lord commanded, tell him, this is what the Lord says, the God of the Hebrews, let my people go so that they may worship me. Exodus 9, 13, let my people go so that they may worship me. Exodus 10, 3, let my people go so that they may worship me. This is actually not about deliverance for Israel, but it's about the worthiness of Christ that deserves from those who love him. This is not actually about your convenience or my convenience or the chills behind my neck when we come to service, but it's actually about the glory and the honor and praise of God. And when God sees a people that cannot worship, that cannot praise, his heart is grieved. His heart is broken. Now I'm just gonna say this real quick. Coronavirus, I believe, is a spiritual attack from stopping Asians from praising God. All across Asia, churches are stepping down, not stepping down, closing doors. Churches can't have services. And I believe there's something happening behind the scenes as God's raising us up. The enemy is trying to bring it down because at the end of the day, it's not even about my voice. It's about his glory. So Moses is driven. You know what he's driven for? His glory. And one of my mentors says, Will, never forget your true north. He's a businessman. I said, what do you do when life is hard? Never forget your true north. Why did you go into ministry? To have more followers on Instagram? Uh-oh. Why did you start this business so you could get super rich and live for yourself? You know, what's your true north? Moses is true north. What's the worship of the name of Yahweh? Man. Why does God want us to worship him? It's very simple, but I'm going to say two things if I have time. Because he's worthy of it. We all know this. Husbands, why do we spend three months of our salary on that wedding ring? Because we're trying to tell her, you're worth it. <laughs> Some of y'all married three months for real. <laughs> Didn't feel like it. Why do we save money to buy that ring? Because to look at my wife and say, I'm broke, but you're worthy. <laughs> Why do we praise God? Because we say he is worthy. Revelation 4, 10 through 11, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne for one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy. O oh Lord, our God, to receive glory, to receive honor, and to receive power. For you created all things, and they exist because you created what you please. What are these crowns? It's the accolades and the resumes that they built up on earth. It's God, I lay down my six-figure income at the feet of Christ because you're more worthy than my job. <laughs> 
God, I lay down my job resume from Facebook and Google because you're more worthy than my reputation. God, I lay down the ministry that you have given me because you are more worthy than the ministry that I have. The reason why we worship is because he is that glorious and that beautiful. The lack of worship in our life is a lack of revelation of how beautiful he is. You know, I never have to tell myself my wife is fine. I just have to look at her. Come on, somebody. I don't need to tell myself she's fine. All I need to do is look. You is fine. All you got to do is look at Jesus. All you got to do is look at the beauty of the cross, that he died for you while you were still a sinner, not when you were back then, not when you will be. It's right now he's still there. And you look and you say, you are more greater. You are so precious. I give you everything and I want to worship you. And God is telling Israel, I want freedom for you so you can freely worship me. And let me tell you this. The second reason why he wants worship, let me tell you this, for your joy. It's for your pleasure. A lot of things worship is only for God. And in essence, it is. But you know what worship does? Worship allows you to experience who you were meant to be. Worship releases you to become the child of God that you were meant to be. Some of y'all don't know this because you don't know anything other than depression. Some of y'all don't know this because you don't know anything other than being lost. And there was a season where I'm pretty sure I was clinically depressed. I was having panic attacks, anxiety attacks. I was pulling over the streets. My wife was confused. I was coughing blood out of my mouth. I was going to my therapist. He said, you need to slow down. And I said, I'm fine. This is suffering for Jesus. You know what I knew it was wrong? When I got whole. It was when I was no longer depressed. I said, I ain't going back there. You don't know what you don't have, and many of you don't know who you are because you've never actually experienced the fullness of praise and worship. And you think you have, all you've experienced is singing, but not true worship. All you've experienced is clapping your hands, but not true praise. And God has created worship and praise to unlock the destiny of who you were meant to be. Let me say one thing. There is a song that my wife and I, we love so much by House Fires. We loved it so much, we walked out to our wedding song. And this is, the, this is the verse that says this. It says, you haven't seen me until you see me filled with joy. Woo! You haven't seen me until you've seen me filled with joy. How many of you know something weird comes up on you when you're happy? People who can't dance start dancing. People who can't sing start singing. <laughs> See, I know a side of my wife no one knows because I've seen what she looks like when she's filled with joy. See, you don't know who you are until you're filled with the presence of God. You think you're timid, but you're actually bold. Oh, come on, somebody. <laughs> 
See, when we begin to worship God, God begins to deposit into us and release out of us who we were always meant to be. And let me say one last thing about praise. Praise completes your joy. One of the saddest things is to experience something good by yourself. It's like you go to Fogo de Chao by yourself. <laughs> you go to Dubai by yourself. <laughs> and you have all these experiences, and it was good, you liked it, and you're so happy, but you know when you get happier? When you get home and tell somebody about it. It's like, yo, Fogo de Chao is the bomb. And as you praise that meat, it completes that joy. It's as you give admiration to something that is deserving of it, it actually allows you to enjoy it to its fullest capacity. When you hear good music by yourself and you're like, oh, this is so good, you praise the musician, but you know when it gets complete? When you go to the musician and say, yo, you did amazing. When my wife cooks me some food, how? Oh, yes. Come home from a trip. And she makes me bomb food, and I eat that. You know what completes that meal? When I look at her and say, thank you. I'm serious. It completes the praise. It completes the joy. I got a quote from you from C.S. Lewis. The world rings with praise. Lovers praising their mistresses. Readers their favorite poet. Walkers praising the countryside. Players praising their favorite game. Praise of weather, wines, dishes, actors, mortars, horses, colleges, countries, historical person, people, children, flowers, mountains, rare stamps, rare beetles, even some politicians or scholars. We not only spontaneously praise what we value, but we instinctively urge others to join us in our praise. Rhetorically asking, isn't she lovely? Wasn't it glorious? Do you think that magnificent? I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because praise not merely expresses it, but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete till it is expressed. Come on, somebody. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another that they are beautiful. The delight is incomplete till it is expressed. It is frustrating to discover a new author and not to be able to tell anyone how good he is. To come suddenly at the turn of the road upon some mountain valley of unexpected grandeur and then to have keep silent because the people with you care for it no more than a tin can in the ditch. To hear a good joke and find no one to share with it. If we can praise actors and singers and musicians and art, how much more? Glory to God.
And the last point that I'm going to give it to my boy Sammy. But you know what happens? Pharaoh says no. Hear me. You know what Pharaoh represents? The devil. Why is it that right when we say, I'm about to read the Bible, your phone starts ringing? Come on now. Why is it right when you're about to go to a prayer meeting, your phone starts going like, you're like, God. This is the literal millennial meme for Christians. Father, I love you so much. I thank you so much, God. I love you. You know what happens when you try to worship God? The devil is going to do whatever it takes to stop you. Pharaoh is going to look at your face and say, no, you're not going to get delivered from pornography. No, you're not going to get delivered from your past drug addiction. No, you're not going to get delivered from all the depression you've been going through. And Pharaoh is going to oppose you. And Pharaoh tells Moses, no. Let me tell you right now, the enemy is telling you no. And that's why Moses goes seven times until he gets the breakthrough. Somebody once asked me, yo, Will, why do you do altar calls every Sunday? <laughs> I thought that was for special events. I was like, because I do altar calls every morning when I wake up for my life. My Bible says if you want to follow me, deny yourself, pick up your cross daily. Come on, somebody. So the enemy is going to say no to worship, no to your destiny, no to your promises. And not only that, you know what he's going to do later? He's going to begin to lie to you. I'm almost done. Exodus 8, Moses goes, and Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron. He says, okay, go ahead and offer sacrifices to your God. This is the good stuff right here. And I stole this from Charles Spurgeon. Come on with somebody. He says, go, offer your God sacrifices, but do it here in this land. Oh. But Moses replied, that wouldn't be right. The Egyptians detest the sacrifices that we offer to the Lord our God. He leaves and comes back, Exodus 10. Finally, Pharaoh called for Moses, go and worship the Lord. Believe your flocks and herd here. You may even take your little ones with you. But Moses goes back and says, no. You must provide us with the animals for sacrifices and burn offerings to our Lord, our God. Let me tell you what's going on here. You know what Pharaoh's saying? You can worship God as long as you live a double life. Come on, somebody. God is saying, no, 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 no. You can't stay one foot in Egypt and one foot in Canaan and say you're a follower of Jesus. God's going to lie to you. You can go clubbing. Sat I mean, the devil's going to lie to you. And say, so you could go clubbing, oh, Saturday night, but take communion Sunday morning. You see, when you say yes, at first it's no, and later it's compromise. I'm preaching to somebody. And the devil is going to say, you can worship God, but just don't leave this land. Do it here. You can worship God, but use our animals, the unclean animals, and not the pure animals that God wants unblemished animals. In other words, too many Christians today are living lukewarm, double-living lives, but Christ wants to set you free from that. And true worship, I'm telling you right now, is about leaving Egypt. Yo, crucify that sucker tonight. 
bury that fool tonight. Burn the papers tonight. And let me tell you one last thing, and Sammy's going to come up right now. The last reason why God saves him is for worship. But if you look in the Hebrew, an ESV translation, it actually says, let my people go so that they may serve me. In other words, God saves us, not just for worship, but for his mission. For his mission. I'm done, y'all. Show some love to Sammy as he comes up here to preach the word. About to just altar call right now in Jesus' name. Here's the thing is, this is a revival service. Everyone say revival service. So you got 10 more minutes in you? Give me a thumbs up if you got 10 more minutes in you. I know you do. Even if you don't, if I see you walk out, I'll just call you out. Where are you guys going? Just kidding. Um, so we got the, the, the purpose behind what Will just talked about. We got the whole thing of worship, right? Everyone say, I got it. Now, you'll, you'll know this a little bit about me. Just to give you a little context. My, my dad is Latino, Puerto Rican, all right? And my mom is white. Shout out. Hey, white people in here, I love you. And I always have Asian friends around. Shout out. Hey, in the name of Jesus. And I grew up in a black Latino church, so just all of it, you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just a whole mix of messed up in Jesus' name. Uh, dad has six brothers and seven sisters. It's crazy. It's real, okay? It's real. I have over 200, like, first cousins. This is crazy. This is real, okay? You can laugh, you know, be, <laughs> it's crazy. Like, we have to rent places like this for, you know, it's, it's crazy, you know? It's crazy. I just got married a few years ago when I was like, my, amen, amen, yeah. Single people receive that in Jesus' name. If you're single, raise your hand. Come on, don't be afraid. Okay, look around. All right, keep it up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey. One more time. Raise it up high. I was like, me, you know? Yes. Um. Oh, man, marriage is awesome. Um, I remember, you know, my aunties would always come up to me and say, Mijo. That's like my son, Mijo, why aren't you married? I'm like, Auntie, because I'm 15, and it, it, ain't, it ain't like that anymore, okay? You know, it ain't like that. Back in Puerto Rico and Mexico, we don't do that anymore. We take some time every year, right, every year. So finally, I get to tell them I got married at, I think, 28, something like that, you know? It was awesome. And I go, aunties, I got married. And they were like, Mijo, where's your kids? You know, just like, you know, can't, can't ever, you know, can't ever. Bless him, but why I say that is, you know, I grew up, you know, more Pentecostal, so give you a few taglines for Pentecostalism, you know what I'm saying, is a few things. Everyone say, come on, come on. but you got to say it like you mean it. You got to say, come on. come on, everyone say, go there. go there, and then if you really like the message, you say, tell the truth, tell the truth. and shame the, devil. shame the devil, and then if you really, really like it, you give like a Holy Ghost wave, you're like, ooh. And then if you really like it, you stand up and you go, mm, mm, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> in the name of Jesus, all right? So, so here, why I'm saying all this is because we, you know, here's, here's the thing is, when you worship God for his glory, everyone say for his glory, you're going to be like, I talk most in this 10 minutes with Sammy that I ever talked to church. You're welcome. Okay. Everyone say for his glory, for our joy. And everyone say, for his mission. Here's the reality. When you worship God and when you get next to him, you start to burn for what he burns for. 
And what he burns for is his humanity. What he burns for is his people, amen? And what happens when you truly worship, you start to get a heart for what he has a heart for. And not only does he have a heart for his name and for his glory, for our joy, but he says that he desires that none would perish, but all would come to repentance and the knowledge of him. Check this out. You know, I I titled my last part, you know, we're going to go quickly, I promise you, but that it's time to go together. Somebody say, it's time. time. Say it like you mean it. Say, it's time time. to go go. together. I want you to look at someone next to you. I want you to look at someone, and maybe someone you didn't come with, you know? Look at them kind of crazy. Everyone say, say say to them, say, it's time that we go together. Because here's the reality, real quick, real quick, real quick. Hang on, turn the hat backwards. Initiate, revival, just kidding. Just, we're gonna have some fun, right? But, but check this out for a second, for a second, for a second. You know, a lot of times you say, what revival? But it stays in our community. Revival, but it stays in our nationality. Revival, but it stays in our ethnicity. Revival, but it stays in our denomination. And when what's tonight? Tonight is the night where we're saying, we're throwing off labels, logos, and egos, all for the glory of God, amen? And what we're declaring with this small act of faith is we're saying, guess what? We actually like each other. We actually enjoy each other. What Will said about Gen Z, they're the most diverse generation ever, and it's only gonna go glory to glory to glory in every generation. It's not only time to go, but it's time to go together. Somebody give me a come on, Jesus. In Matthew 9, it says that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Before it said that, Jesus looked at the crowds that were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to him, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest field. And then he sent the 12 and the 72 out into the harvest field. And they saw signs. They saw wonders. They saw miracles. They raised the dead. Come on, somebody. I don't know if you believe it, and I don't know if you're feeling it like me, but SoCal needs some raising of the dead power. And guess what? Guess what? Secret, secret. This is coming to the end of my message. But you got that same power. You got that same power inside of you. It's no longer going to be about bringing your friend to an event to get him saved. You're going to be like, I'm going to get him saved right here at the 7-Eleven. Slurpees in Jesus, in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. In Matthew 28, it says, you know, all authority, not some. You know, in the Greek, all means all. It's crazy. (laughs) Whoa, right? Deep. (laughs) All authority on heaven, on earth, and under the earth that's been given to me, Jesus, right? And he goes, therefore, go and make disciples of just a few nations. No, no, no. Just white nations. No, 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 no. Right? Just this nation, just that nation, just first world nations. No, it says all. Somebody say all. It says make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it says, and lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. Amen? In John 13, it says, you know, that by our love for each other, the world will know that we are his disciples. Isn't it crazy? Just for a second. I'm going to tell you one Bible story. I'm going to get out of your way. But isn't it crazy that if we love each other with a God kind of love, look around the room. If we love each other with a God kind of love, the whole world will know that we're his disciples. That's just a crazy thought. So I, want, I wrote a few things down. Is that first, the harvest is plentiful. All nations are a part of it. And everyone is commissioned. 
And so why we're doing something like this, why Will and I have dreamed it up together, and it's not even just about the meeting place and circuit riders. We're just catalysts. We're just Barnabas to the body of Christ, right? We're just serving what God is doing. The rock opening this beautiful place up. One voice being here. So many different groups coming together. One day LA that's coming this summer. There's so much happening. And what we're saying is we're saying, guess what? We get to do this together. Someone say together. So the question is this, will we be spectators or participators? Just for a second, will we be spectators or participators? Because we've already heard from so many people that our voice is needed, whatever color, whatever creed, whatever denomination, whether you old or young, when Will was talking about, I laid my six figures to you, I was, I was thinking in my head, I wish I could pray that prayer in Jesus. You know, Lord, I lay, I lay, I lay my brokenness to you, God. Thank you, God. I was like, dang, man. I wish, man, I wish. I'm like, Lord, I lay in faith my seven, eight figures to you, God. I, I give you the Lamborghini, but God, let me keep the Bentley. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Whoa. I'm uh, just having fun. But, 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 but real quick, will we be spectators or participators? Because big events come and go. Moments come and go, and are we just going to wait to be like, man, that regional night was lit. Fam, I can't wait for October. We're going down to Huntington and we're going to just, all we got to do is brace ourselves enough revival. Let's get all the revival juice out of tonight so we could hold on to next October. Or will this be commissioning? Will this be permission slips to reach our family? Come on, to reach the most broken in our city. Come on, to reach our school, our university, and our high school. Come on, I believe that tonight Jesus is giving permission. And so, Quick story, quick story, quick story. Can I give you a quick story? We're going to have some fun. I, I'm, I, you know, I did fine arts. I grew up AG. Um, so, uh, amen. You're like, what's fine arts? You'll find out in a second. We're going to do something fun. We're all going to do the heart skit. No, I'm just kidding. If you know that, only a few of you guys know that. It's okay. That's an old, anyway, moving on. Somebody say faith together. Say it like you mean it. Say faith together. Because if, if we're going about God's mission, Jesus' mission, I want to look at how did Jesus do it in the gospel, right? So we heard from Will about worship. Now, how did Jesus do it in the gospel? And we're going to go ever so briefly in Luke 5 at this, in this particular case. We're going to look, do one case study where it says, on one of those days, he was teaching Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. The power of the Lord was with them to what? The power of the Lord was with them to what? I can't hear you. The power of the Lord was with them to what? I don't think they heard you in the lobby. The power of the Lord was with them to what? Okay. The power of the Lord was with him to heal. Check this out. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed, a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus, but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, everyone say their faith. He said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. 
And the scribes and the Pharisees begin to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sin but God alone? And here's why Jesus is like the triple OG, like literally reading their thoughts, right? They're just thinking it. And Jesus goes, why do you question in your hearts? You're like, whoa. You imagine you're like, "Mm -hmm," you know, poker, you know, religious face. You're like, amen, healed, yes, forgiven. Wow, amen. But in their head, they're like, this dude is a blasphemer. And Jesus is like, I hear those thoughts. Like literally in their head, like, whoa. It's just my version, you know. But Jesus perceived their thoughts. He said out loud, why do you question in your hearts, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on the earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately he rose up before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home glorifying God. Someone give me an amen. It says, an amazement seized them all, and they glorified God, and were filled with awe, saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. Can I tell you just a few things about that story, and then we're just going to pray and worship? Can I do that? Is that all right? All right, but I need some help, so, so I'm going to get Will. Where's Will? At? Will, Dell, Sunno, Nettles, Jake, and David Barkman. Come on up here. Come up here. Come up here. Come up here. Come on up here. Come on up here. Can we make some noise for these guys? We need a chair, too. We need a chair. Can we grab a chair? Can we grab a chair? Grab a chair? We're all going to do a skit. They have no idea. Just kidding. Let's see. One, two, three, four. Okay, perfect. Dale, you're Jesus in this story. There it is. Why not? So, so, so real quick, real quick, okay? So, so Nettles, you're going to be the paralyzed man, okay? But, but you're not paralyzed in spirit, okay? You're actually, you're, you're here, here's what's crazy. Just for a second. I just want to, we're going to have a little fun with it, but here's what's crazy. Come here, Dale. Come here, Doug. This in the story is Jesus. And here's what's so crazy, right? It says that the power of the Lord was with them to what? Say it like you mean it. Say the power of the Lord is with them to what? But, But here's what's so crazy is that the house was packed out. People were probably on Jesus like this, but they weren't pulling on his healing power. No, 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 you didn't catch that. They were, they were close to Jesus, but all they came to do was listen to teaching. All they came to do was listen to a good word. It says that the power of the Lord was with them to what? Say it like you mean it. The power of the Lord was with them to what? And then the people were this close, but they weren't getting their healing. Is it, may, it might be true that you're this close to Jesus and you're walking out wondering why you didn't get your healing. It's because you're not pulling on his healing power. Wow. Somebody say healing power. So then you get these four men. So I just want you to think about this. How many times have we come to church for a good word? How many times have we come to church just to get taught? It doesn't mean that we can't have a good word or get taught, but how many times are we actually pulling on the power of God to heal, to save, to set free? Come on, someone give me a shout and amen. Because this region doesn't just need another good word. We've had great words. See, this region doesn't need a good teaching. It doesn't mean we can't do that. We are, we are founded in the word, but this region needs the power of God. And if we got it carried inside of us, just like in this story, that house was packed out. And unless these men came, the power was not going to be pulled on. Can, can I encourage you to ask yourself a question? Are you pulling on God's power to heal? Or are you pulling on God's power to teach or to encourage or to do all these things? But you're asking God, God, heal me. And he's like, I want to heal you, but I need you to pull. I need you to be desperate. I need you to say whatever it takes. I'll do it. Amen. So check this out real quick. Check this out. Right? So Jesus, Nettle, sit down. So, so, so here's what's so crazy. Real quick, real quick. It says that some men, somebody say some men. 
Come on, say it like you mean it. Come on, I'm Pentecostal. I need your help. Somebody say, some men. Some men came. And here's what's so crazy, right? Just for a second. It doesn't say, you know, circuit riders and circuit riders, you know, David and Jake and Sonno, right? And, and Will came bringing Jason. It doesn't say their names. You notice that? It don't say their names. It says they, that they're some men. Why? Because they didn't care about the credit. When they saw their friend coming and that they, he needed healing, they said, we don't care to put our names down in the history books. We just want to be known as some men. What's amazing about this is I think a lot of times, and I can speak because I'm a leader in circuit runners, a lot of times we say, God, I'll do whatever it takes as long as people know that circuit riders started revival. I'll do whatever it takes, God, but as long as people know that the meeting place started revival. I'll do whatever it takes, but as long as people know that YWAM started revival, I'll do whatever it takes, God, but as long as people know my name and that the Rock Church is where it birthed revival. And I think a lot of times our hindrance is that we want our names to be known more than his name to be known. Amen? And what's amazing is that these guys, they brought this man here before them. But here's what's crazy. They didn't just stop. They didn't just stop when the house was filled. It was packed out, right? But this guy could have been like, man, I'm so sorry, man. I'm so sorry I wanted you to be there at my wedding, to stand, sit, whatever you want to do, you know, like you're with me, whatever it takes, right? But what happened was these guys said, no, 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 not on my watch. Come on, they said, not today, Satan, why? Because what they said is they said, our man is getting his healing, and we feel that the power of the Lord is here with, with us to heal. And guess what? We're going to do whatever it takes. Somebody say, whatever it takes. Somebody say, whatever it takes. And what's awesome about this is that it wasn't just one of them that lowered Jason, the paralyzed man, into Jesus, right? It wasn't just a few people, but it says four of them. It says some men pulled this man on the roof, right? So I was going to have them lift him, but they don't. And then they started ripping the tile. Come on, let's rip the tile real quick. Let's rip the tile. They started ripping the tile. They started ripping. I'm there it is. Rip it, rip it, rip it. Just for a moment, just for a moment, pause. Just for a moment, think about this. And again, we, we, know, we know the Jewish history. We know the houses. You know, there was a ramp to the top. We know that it was an easy way to get the roofing off and all this stuff. But do you imagine that? We love our, our systems and our styles. So easily imagine, and this is totally different, but imagine as we're preaching, someone's like, and I'd be like, whoa, don't do that. That's a lot of money, right? But how much of the time will we say, excuse me, I'm in a meeting. I'm kind of preaching about Jesus, but these guys didn't care about their reputation. Someone give me an amen, right? They didn't care what it took. They said, we're going to lower our friend into Jesus's presence to get their healing. And check out this, check out this. Here's, here's, here's where I want to land in a second, is that Jesus sees their faith. Just, just for a second, I want you to think about this. He doesn't say, he doesn't say he sees his faith, right? He doesn't say, I see this man's faith or that man's faith, but what does he say? He goes, he looks and he sees the foreman and says he sees their faith. Someone say their faith. Somebody say, like me, say their faith. He sees their faith and he looks at the paralyzed man. And he goes, your sins are forgiven. 
And for a moment, you're thinking like, uh, dude is paralyzed. I'm so glad he's forgiven. But come on, Jay, can you have him walk? Come on, please, you know what I mean? Please, Jesus, let him walk. We did all this work, right? We did all this stuff. And what does he see? He says he sees their faith. And what I saw this as a picture, why I want to share this story was imagine, right, as circuit riders in the meeting place in Rock Church and Sunos with YWAM and so many ministries, could it be possible that, that the paralyzed man represents was SoCal in this generation? Amen. And could we be saying together that whatever our name is, whatever our label, our egos or our logos is, we're laying it down so that this man can be healed in Jesus name. Amen. Last thing I'll say, and I'll let these guys get off the stage and go into worship. But last thing I'll say is this, is that what's amazing is that Jesus says, he sees their faith. He goes, you are healed or you, you, uh, you're saved. I forgive your sins. And then they start to question in their mind. They start to say, they start to be like, who could, who could heal except God alone? But on the outward, they're smiling. You know, you're like, amen, brother. So good. He saved. Yes. Amen. So good. Amen. But inside they're like, Mm-mm, false prophet. No way. You know what I mean? And then Jesus perceiving their thoughts. Somebody say perceiving their thoughts. He says, what is easier to say? That your sins are forgiven or to rise and walk? He goes, but that I would show you that the son of man, everyone say son of man. Son of man. So I show you that the son of man has the power to save and heal. And then there's tension in the room. For a second, feel that tension. Imagine if the guy didn't get healed. Just for a second. Jesus would have been a fraud. Everyone would have walked out being like, we knew it. There was tension. He was testing the room. He was showing the room. This is a moment for a pass or a fail. And when he uses that word, son of man, please catch this. That title is referenced that it's void of politicism and nationalities. What does that mean? There was, there's no politics tied to the son of man and there's no nationality tied to the son of man. I'm about to preach right now because in 2020, in a year that's so divided, right? That Christians could go from the left to the right, right? What does Jesus say? He goes, I am the son of man. What was he saying? He goes, I am not tied to politicism and nationalityism and all that other isms. I am the son of man. I'm the creator of the universe and it's by my power that I heal, that I save, and that I set free. What am I saying? What I'm saying is that in 2020, in a year that could be so divisive, could we choose to say, you know what? I associate myself with the Son of Man. That he's for the Democrat and he's for the Republican, amen? That he's for every single person. And we're not gonna get caught in one one side or another, but we're gonna get caught that Jesus loves humanity. Someone give me an amen. Can we give us some noise to these guys who stood up here so long? As the band comes up, thank you. As the band comes up, here, here, here's why I wanted to tell you that. Because the mission is to go. Everyone say go. go. Say it like I mean to say go. go. And I feel like tonight in faith, I think many of us are feeling it. Maybe you're not. If not, I'll pray for you. But I feel like tonight we're making a declaration for Southern California. Come on. We're making a declaration for Southern California that we're not going to go alone anymore. We're not going to just go in our circles. We're not just going to go in our groups and our comfort zones anymore. 
Come on, we're not just gonna go men alone. We're not just gonna go women alone. Come on, we'll go there. We're gonna go together in Jesus' name, right? We heard all this stuff in worship that the Lord was bringing up, that raising the voices of the minorities. We're gonna go together. No person or group is left behind. Even the white people are not left behind. I can say that because I'm half white in Jesus' name, right? So we get to go together. Someone say together. So I want you to do this. I want you to stand with me because we like to declare together as circuit riders. Okay, so you are all honorary circuit riders right now. So we're gonna declare this. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to lift your hands. Close your eyes and lift your hands as Isaac plays the keys and gives me more Holy Ghost. Just kidding. <laughs> lift him up. Come on, if you didn't work out, here's your workout. All right, just kidding. Just say this. Say, Jesus. Jesus. Say it like you mean it. Say, Jesus. 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 We will go. Together. Together. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, we have faith. faith. Together. Together. Faith. Faith. For a Jesus movement. movement. In our generation. generation. Say this with me. Say, Jesus. Jesus. I declare. I declare. declare That we will go. for a second. I want, you, I want you just to sit real quick. We're going to worship. We're going to come up. Just sit for a second. Sit for a second. The, the, the only way it's going to be worth going is if we go with his power. Amen. So, so as I end, we're going to have faith together. We're going to be filled together and we're going to be sent together. Here, here, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. In Acts, when Jesus was getting ready to leave, I feel the Holy Spirit. I'm Pentecost. I tell you, some of you guys, I'm serious. The addictions you carried for years. I heard specifically 15 years. Someone walked in with a 15-year drug addiction. You're going to be free tonight. I, just, that's a word. That's a word. Come on. Come on. In Acts 1, 7 and 8, the disciples say, God, when are you going to set up your kingdom? And Jesus says, it's not for you to know the times and seasons, but I want you to wait my power will fall on you and you'll be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In Acts 2, it says 120 were in the room and a fire from heaven, a mighty rushing wind and tongues of fire fell on every single person's head and they spoke in new languages. Come on somebody, right? And what happened right after that, what happened right after that was they didn't just stay in the upper room. They didn't just stay for 30, 40 days as a Holy Ghost party, even though we love that. It says they went out, and Peter, who was afraid to talk to one person, stood up with an apostolic message with the power of God and declared out to the same people that crucified Jesus, saying, you crucified him, but guess what? You can repent and turn back, and 3,000 were added in a day. Someone give me a come on, Jesus. As we're ending tonight, we're going to give two calls. But the first one is, we're going to give a call to surrender your life to Jesus. But the second is, is that you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen? And maybe you've been baptized already, but some of us need a fresh feeling tonight. We need a feeling of the power of God tonight. Why? Because anxiety and depression and addiction, insanities will not be broken off with just a good word. Come on. Years of pain. Years of, of, of people who have been raped and molested, that won't break off with just a good word. With just a God will be with you. It needs to be the power of God communicated through love that we say, I'm with you in the darkness. I'm with you in the dirt. Whatever it takes, I'm there. And the only way we can do that is if 
sent out and commissioned, amen? So here's what I want you to do is I want everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes.